success. How do you define it? Better yet, how do you achieve it? Introducing 505 Success, a podcast showcasing the business leaders of New Mexico who continue to strive for success in the land of enchantment. Listen and learn from these leaders, entrepreneurs, and innovators as they discuss the challenges they have overcome, how others can find their success, and how New Mexico can continue to grow and prosper. The 505 Success Podcast is brought to you by Exhibit. You only have 3.8 seconds to gain the attention of your audience while exhibiting at a trade show, event, or conference. At Exhibit, we design and produce great-looking graphics and exhibits to get you noticed. We also teach you all those hidden secrets of how to save money while at a show, along with some best practices. Call now, 828-0574, or visit us on the web, exhib-it.com. Podcast interview for January 17th. I'm here today with Glenn and Maria Gefkin from Four Directions Branding. I want to say thank you uh, to both of you for being uh, guests on the 505 Success uh, Podcast. Why don't we start with you guys and your company, Four Directions Branding. Uh, tell, tell our audience who you are and exactly what Four Directions Branding does. Well, first of all, thanks for having us on your show. We appreciate the opportunity to speak with your audience. Four Directions Branding, we're a brand strategy firm, brand building firm, serving specifically the conscious business. And we've been doing this a number of years. And we just relocated to uh, New Mexico within the last year to uh, to relaunch our business here. Okay. So what is it about branding that really drove you to to be involved in it and specifically what made you want to start your own business within the branding industry? You know, it was really quite a circuitous path that, that brought us here. Um, I actually have been doing brand strategy for a long time and didn't realize it. Um, there was, uh, in my prior life in the corporate world, I was producing large scale festivals and conferences and I had multiple event brands that I was managing and, uh, and I oversaw all aspects of it from sales, marketing, content, PR, uh, operations and production, all of it together. So I was essentially like a mini CEO for multiple brands all at the same time. And the way that I managed my brands was very much from the perspective of the life of the event, meaning the life of, of the brand energy. And so, and I worked and I had the opportunity to work with some pretty talented, pretty high level marketing and branding people within the company that I was at. So I got to learn a lot from them and learn a lot from successes and failures in that world. And when we would put an event together and it wouldn't work, we look at why it was always something about how it didn't connect with an audience. And then, of course, when it was successful, then it was, you know, a major point of connection. So I've been doing it quite a long time and did like a lot of sales and business development and that sort of thing. And I was always looking at what's the personality of this brand? What's the values of this brand? What do we want it to evoke in people? And managing every aspect of all the projects and companies that I worked with from that perspective. I also worked with some pretty high-level brand strategists at various points in time, working on some large-scale projects, which was an opportunity to really learn a lot of the sort of the core, um, the core elements of what goes into developing brand strategy. And and then also we were doing business coaching for a long time. And as we were coaching small business people, 
we were looking at what was working and what wasn't working in their companies, you know, from the standpoint of trying to help them be more successful. And it was just interesting how more often than not, we found that there would be some kind of a problem with their brand, something with their message. They'd have a vision and then they'd be communicating uh, a message that really wasn't in alignment with their vision. And it wasn't connecting, it wasn't working, it was out of balance. So we ended up really sort of by happenstance becoming a brand company. And after a while, we looked at our company and we're like, you know, our own brand doesn't even make any sense anymore because <laughs> we're, we're, we've morphed into a brand company. So we moved to New Mexico and then rebranded, relaunched as, you know, exclusively a brand strategy company. It's very interesting that you say that the branding and messaging was off. As a marketer myself, I often see that with a lot of companies that there's something that's sort of not clicking right or something missing. And a lot of times people get the term branding and market the terms branding and marketing confuse they think they're interchangeable right. and for me they're really different because to me branding and correct me if i'm wrong on this to me branding really starts as an external action an internal action that turns external when it becomes the marketing right. marketing is how you turn your brand external right so please expound on that you know yeah the internal external is a good metaphor we we, we define it as uh, the difference between branding the verb and brand the noun so branding is really the is it's marketing it's it's exposure it's getting your brand out there your message out there but brand the noun is the internal process so it's really defining who you are what you believe in what you stand for what's the tone and personality of your brand who your audience is it's the foundation the foundation yeah. we we uh, we say that we do everything for people that comes before they get into actually marketing it's building the foundation so their marketing is going to be more successful. I like that. So one of the things that you had uh, labeled yourself as is a brand strategist. Mm. What is it about brand strategy that's so important to the success of a business? Mm. Well, you know, as I was just mentioning, it's like the foundation, right? So, so often what happens, people get an idea, they get this vision, it comes to them, and it's, it's exciting, it's inspiring, it's fun. It's like, yeah, let's start this company, let's do this project or this new project. And there tends to be this, this point in the process where we jump from, we have this wonderful idea, this vision to, hey, who do you know that does logos? And who do you know that does websites? And let's put it all together, you know, and okay, let's figure out the business model and let's figure out how to produce and so on. And, and missing that really important step that comes right after the vision, which is to do the brand strategy work, the inward process to really delve deeply into why are we doing this? why this project or this product or service, why this particular industry, why this particular approach, what's our secret sauce? What do we bring to the table that's so unique? And then here's the other part that tends to get glossed over, which is who our audience is. So usually in, in business and in marketing, when we talk about our audience, we tend to focus a lot on things like demographics, you know, who they are in terms of, you know, education and age and gender and all this kind of stuff, you know, religion and, and um, and that's important to a point, but not so much anymore because our culture is becoming much more diversified. So looking at where someone grew up or how much money they make or what kind of car they drive is not so much as important as really looking at what do they stand for? What do they believe in? What are their behaviors? So we have demographics and we have psychographics, which are behaviors. And then what we call value graphics, what do they believe in? Because that's a really powerful point of connection. When we stand out as a brand and we say, this is what we believe. And then people who believe in what we believe are like, wow, that's cool. I believe in that too. Now we've just connected on a more visceral level. So really starting out by understanding our audience very deeply, 
So we, have, we, we establish a specific audience and then we come up with a specific product or service that's specific to that audience. And then we create for them. And that's the way that we really spark the interest and the engagement of the people who would be considered like the innovators and the early adopters to use that, that curve model. I really like the, uh, for me, one of the things when I think of strategy, and I think you, you touched on this, particularly saying about the foundation, is when you develop a strategy, it sets that roadmap, that plan of action, and it prevents you from doing this. Let's get a logo. Let's get a tagline. And the thing when you do something like that, it kind of reminds me of, you know, when you see a car mm -hmm. that has like, uh, it's a car one make and model, but it has a door for another make and model yeah. because you just pass things together as you go yeah. along because there's no strategy to it. You just end up putting the pieces together because, you, hey, we need this. Go get me a door. So we'll just get any door. Right. Give me a tagline. We'll just get any tagline instead of not really having the cohesive thing. So that strategy, the value of having that strategy is you keep that plan together. You put all those pieces together in a cohesive plan and you then when it leads to when it comes to the branding or the messaging, you have that clear vision that you're able to tell your... You're now communicating mm -hmm. using language that resonates for that audience. So like one metaphor would be, well, actually, let me step back for just a moment. You know, a lot of founders might have some sort of intuitive, natural sense of branding. Mm -hmm. And those are the ones that tend to be more successful. But not everyone does. Not everyone's necessarily born with an understanding of a brand strategy or seems to come to it intuitively. So what happens is, is to give you this metaphor is imagine if you went to see a blues band and it's, you know, they've got um, a guitar player, a drummer, a singer, but they're missing a bass player. And so you're listening to them playing and you're like, wow, you know, that singer's really good. Guitar player's amazing. Something sounds like it's missing here. You know, <laughs> it's like the, the full spectrum of it wouldn't be there. And it's kind of a metaphor for what, uh, a marketing campaign or a brand voice and message would be that hasn't really done the deeper work. They're not firing on all cylinders. They're not really fully connecting with their audience. Well, that, that, that's a good lead into the next question that I want to ask. What are some of the most common or even the biggest mistakes that people make when it comes to branding their business? Mm -hmm. And Kind of putting that there. I actually I should say when it comes to developing their brand, so they can start begin to branding their business. Yeah, I would say not seeking outside help because it's hard. You know, even for us when we when we do our own brand for Four Directions Branding, we have to seek some outside input because we're so close to our own brands. Where it's very subjective and it's really hard to like separate out and look at it and how somebody else might see it. So getting outside help is something that's really crucial but typically not something that's budgeted for in the startup phase. Yeah, that's not really one of the things that people think about, but I think it's very vital to the success of a business because your brand is your identity, and that's mm -hmm. how people are going to identify you, and right. that's how you become known is your brand. So if you don't have that, if that's off kilter, then how your, your image is off kilter, it's not gonna, it takes a lot to come back from that. So a really simple and interesting test is you can ask this of pretty much anyone you know in your life or you work with, is go up to them and just say, hey, do something for me. Okay, fine, what's that? Tell me, in three sentences or less, what you're about as a human being. Now, when you ask people that question, probably only one out of a hundred are gonna be able to just fire off an answer. <laughs> That's like how question. many of us really know the answer? I mean, we'd have to like really think about it and ponder, go do a 10-day meditation <laughs> retreat somewhere to come back and say, okay, I think this is my two, two or three sentences. That's why I'm here on this earth. We don't, we don't, we don't, 
we aren't necessarily raised, we aren't necessarily educated or conditioned with the vocabulary, with the process to be able to discover what we're about. And it's no different for a company. That's good. Uh, let's circle back around to building your business. Uh, as you alluded to earlier, your your business has gone so, gone through sort of, of an evolution mm -hmm. from changes what you were doing before to now being a brand, particularly since you moved here or relocated to New Mexico. What has been the biggest challenge you have encountered while building your business, either outside of New Mexico or here while you've been doing your rebranding and relaunching of your business as four directions? Well, in New Mexico, we've experienced certainly a, um, a culture of scarcity mm -hmm. um, that, that uh, you know, money tends to be an issue for people that, that to be able to just take the leap and spend the money on something that's really important for one's business. Um, so that's something that we kind of hear from people and experience sort of across the board is, um, is something that seems to me somewhat unique to, to this region. Um, however, when we moved here, we never uh, expected or planned that the majority of our business would be from coming from within the state of New Mexico. We always planned that it would be like maybe 20% from New Mexico and 80% uh, would be across the country and internationally. So, and that's what we're working towards with uh, with all our marketing strategies that, that we're doing. So we do some networking, we get out in the community, we meet people, we do proposals and all that kind of stuff, but we don't necessarily rely on it. And I think that's something that that uh, would be beneficial for the New Mexico business culture over time is to really uh, endeavor to be more expansive in our thinking. Yeah, we'll get to New Mexico in one sec. I want to still remain focused on how you guys are building your business. Yeah. For me, because I know this is a business owner, you encounter a lot of fear and a lot of doubt as building your business as yeah. many small business owners have experienced. How have you guys overcome that or how do you overcome those fears and that self-doubt that creeps in every once in a while, if not every day? <laughs> yeah, that's a really good question. Um, we all have it to a certain extent and it creeps in at times. And kind of related to what I was just saying about, you know, the scarcity in New Mexico is, is uh, to be really conscious with what our thought process is. And when we are feeling discomfort or perhaps fear, anxiety about it, is to really go into our, our thought process because the emotions are driven by our beliefs and our thoughts. So we always return back to a place of trust and knowing that uh, as long as what we're doing is what we feel is what we're put here to do, that it's really our authentic path to be able to help people in the world in this particular way. If it's not authentic to us, then we're going to know it if we're really feeling into it because something about it's going to feel off. It's going to feel kind of heavy and hard. So when it feels light, and that's sort of our, our technique that we do is how do things feel heavy or light? Like right now we're, you know, investing in a number of things related to our own marketing strategy. And we've just been following that, that use, utilizing that tool. Does it feel heavy or light? So we're investing in a lot of different things, you know, graphics and design, and advertising, internet advertising, and so on. So we kind of go back to that place of what feels heavy, what feels light, and follow what feels light and not the fear, if that makes sense. Yeah, and I'd like to add also, you know, and it's true, we all have those fears, and it's like the what if, you know, especially if we have family, and, and what if it doesn't work out, what if it doesn't work out. And um, I know for myself, and I know for both of us, we've done a lot of personal development, you know, for a lot of years, and I think that's helped a lot. Um, because most of the fears that I have experienced, or that we have experienced, um, a lot of them have been based on, on really old beliefs, old patterns that haven't been addressed. 
And I think what the challenge is, because we've, we've struggled. I mean, we've gotten to the, you know, there were times when we were financially in a really hard place. And it was like, either do we just let go or and go, you know, get a job where we can for security? Or do we continue to trust that there's a reason why this vision came to us and that, you know, perhaps and, and that everything that we need will be provided. We just have to keep showing up and doing our part in the personal work and development is so important and it has been for us because every time, each time that we've gotten through a certain struggle, fear, doubt, um, when something came up, you know, and it could be a, a, a client deciding, no, we're not going to go here or, you know, anything, any challenge that may come up that brings that fear up and, and that doubt and is that something comes with that. It's like there's this gift that is being presented to us to look at what that's all about. What is that fear? What is that trying to teach you? What is that something that you need to look at to be able to let go of it and work through it? It's not about denying that we have these fears or those doubts and resisting them. It's about embracing them and and really go with them deep and seeing where they come from and, and to transform them. And and you know, and it's it's like a spiral. Sometimes they come back, but then we have a different perspective with it. And then we're like, okay, we get through that. The most important thing I, I believe is to not to give up. To to because sometimes I think most of us have quit before the miracle happens. You know, we're like that close and we give up because we're we're thinking it's not gonna work out. But just to keep keep going and trust and and let go of that fear, because as we let go of that fear, then we open up to even more, you know, because the abundance is there for all of us. Mm-hmm. That's a, that's a great answer. Thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, I'm going to ask you guys a question that I ask all of our guests. That's one of my favorite questions to ask. Uh, it's, it's how do you define success? Hmm. You want to take that one? Well, um, for me, success is really to be in a place of complete peace of, of who I am, where I am, living my life um, fearlessly to the best of my ability, Doing some kind of good in the in, in the world, and of course, beginning with with me and my family, and because in doing my my work, because I as I do my work and I feel joy, and I am at peace, and I bring that out into the world. Um, so that that is success for me, and 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 by doing the work that that I love doing, and that brings me joy, and that's going to make a difference in 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 other people's lives, and then as a ripple effects into the world. That, you know, and of course, with that, that is success. But with that also comes the abundance. Because if we don't have the means to be able to, to, to take care of our family and our responsibilities, then it's difficult to do our work. So the success for me is to be happy, joyous and free, doing what I love, doing, doing something good in the world. And because of that, um, I'm provided for we're provided for. The abundance comes. That's a great answer. Glenn, do you want to build on that? Or? Well, that's a pretty good answer. Um, I would just say that, you know, so often that, that word success gets defined in terms of monetary success and, and abundance financially. And, uh, and the, way, the way that I see it is that financial success is the byproduct of doing the work that you love. So mm-hmm. for me, success is having the freedom to be able to help people through doing what I love doing and that the money is something that just comes as a result of that. Mm-hmm. 
Great, thank you. Okay, so we're going to go back to New Mexico. Uh, as you guys said before, you guys relocated to New Mexico. What brought you to the Land of Enchantment, and why do you continue to stay and build your business here? You know, this is a way, um, for me, I've always felt this, This I've lived in diff many different places, different states. I was born in Mexico, obviously, so I've lived in different states. And the way that I look back, you know, especially now, you know, with New Mexico, but even back, uh, hindsight of all the places that I've lived, it was always like a pull of some sort of, of needing to go there. And, and I've just trusted that. And whether it be a personal or business, you know, it was always, it was a, a calling, a pull, and I trusted that. So that was really the main um, reason, I would say, that that call and that, and that pull. And in regards to the, our business, you know, the Four Directions branding, it just felt like it would be received, I think, differently than it was received the two prior places where we where we were at. Um, and, and it really has. I think more people here in, in small, you know, business or entrepreneurs really resonate with what we are offering. It resonates with them because deep down within them, I think they really want to, you know, do what they love and want to, bring their vision to life and want to make a difference in, in, you know, in their community, in their family, in the world. And um, so I, I feel that that's a connection that we have. Is that? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And I would say, you know, uh, our kids uh, are grown and on their own now. Uh, although one of them then followed us out here in New Mexico. But um, when we were in the Southeast, when the last of our kids left home, we thought, okay, we don't have to live where we're living. Where do we really want to live? And so it was very intentional. And so we did research and we came out here. And, and I had used to travel out this way um, years back and really loved this part of the country and had you know some people out this way and so on. And we thought, Albuquerque, yeah. And we started researching. It's like, it's great. And we came out and spent two weeks here, December of, of uh, now 2017. And uh, we loved it. It felt like home already. And we moved. And I like Marie, I've lived in a lot of different places too. I grew up in California. And all the different places I've lived, no place has ever really felt like home until coming here. Sure. That's great to hear. Yeah, yeah, it really true. feels like home to us. Uh, as a native New Mexican, I love hearing that. Mm -hmm. So I couldn't tell you why. It just, <laughs> it just does. It just feels it. Well, I, I, I get it. I mean, for me, it is home, but I totally get that feeling. Mm -hmm. um, so you guys alluded to this a little bit before, and I know you guys have only been here for about a year, but for what you have seen, what have you seen, or what do you believe the biggest challenge is that business owners here in New Mexico face when it comes to trying to build a successful business? Right. Did touch on it earlier. So one I would say is to is to really um, challenge oneself to, to be expansive, um, to really think outside the box. And I hate using those kind of cliches, but, you know, it is a good metaphor. One of the other things that I perceive about New Mexico is it feels like we don't, in the sense of the business community here, necessarily have defined our unique personality in terms of the New Mexico business culture. I'd love to see more of a definition of what it really means to be a business in New Mexico. And I think I think there's something richer to the culture here. There's mm -hmm. something that's different um, and special about this area. And I think that collectively, like, I mean, it starts individually, right? You want to bring collective change, you start with yourself, right? We start with ourselves. So individually, as business owners, marketers, and so on, is to begin by really spending the time asking ourselves, 
why do we do business in, in New Mexico and how is that different and what does it mean to us and bring that personality forward. Love to see that more to where people really get a sense of, uh, you know, for example, I mean, Silicon Valley, right? High tech. It's got that identity. Yeah. And New York has that identity of like, you know, publishing and advertising. and, and oh, Like Austin, keep it weird, Austin, or whatever it is. Right, right, right. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. yeah, so different yeah. areas, you know, they have different ways of identifying themselves. And I think there's something special here that isn't really being brought out. Yeah, yeah. for me, being here, you know, I've lived in New Mexico the vast majority of my life, or here in Albuquerque the vast majority of my life. So I can't speak, I can't say other cities and places aren't the same way, but I think there's a scrappiness here, and I would love to see an identity built around that, because I really do think that business, small businesses, I know every small business has to be scrappy to a certain extent, because mm -hmm. you're small, you're trying to, you know, oftentimes you're just living to the next month or next quarter even. Mm -hmm. uh, so trying to, I, I think the thing I love about New Mexico is that the people really do care, and they really want to be successful, they really work hard at it. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. um, I think it's important to be open to a new narrative about business yes. and, and, and what that can look like. I love there's that a, idea. A, a narrative that they would it just seems like it's that's what it is. That's just the way it is. But what if that can change? You know, what if there's a different way? I, I love that idea of a new narrative because the one of the things that drives me crazy is the the say that oh that's the way we've always done it, right? exactly. and that just drives me nuts because. The way we've always done it sometimes doesn't work anymore. So right. I, I love that, that that idea. That right there, a new narrative is mm -hmm. great. I love hearing that. Um, okay, we're, we're going to finish up with this last question. And uh, it's one that, again, another one I ask all, all of our guests. And most businesses fail within the first two years as branding experts and, and given your experience. What would be your advice to someone that's just starting out their business or still within that first two years on how can they push past that? How can they reach the third or fourth years and still be in business mm -hmm. and building upon their success? Mm. Yeah. Well, you know, as the saying goes, work on your business, not just in your business. And that's a lot of what branding is. It's working on your business, so really investing the time. Um, one definition of entrepreneurialism, I don't know if I 100% agree with it, but like uh, if you're a solopreneur, you really own a job. And an entrepreneur is one, someone that scales something. And I, I wouldn't necessarily want to discount the work of solopreneurs because there's a lot of really fascinating stuff that solopreneurs and small partnerships are doing. But, um, but scalability to some extent where you have other people that are where you have something, you're creating something repeatable. You've, you've got to get to that point fairly quickly so that you can spend your time working on the business and, and working on that foundation and branding as one piece of it. So we tend to get in it, and we want to, we're, we're doers. We want to do. We want to get things done. We want to be deterministic. We want to accomplish things. But we need to step back, too. We need to look at the bigger picture. That's great. Somebody, I want to add anything? Yeah, I was thinking also the, um, the importance of, 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 you know, being different, like being, not, not being in that, in that, all of the competition or, you know, that, that just exhausts you know, us or, or the person, but be, be in well, with the branding, like what we do, the authentic branding is really kind of stand out, say, okay, we're like this company, but we're different in this way. Um, and really getting clear on, on the vision and staying true to it. Really staying true to your vision. Because I think once we get to the point of how we're going to make it or, or, or we get to a, a point of struggling, um, we want to, well, maybe we, we might, we might want to veer off a little bit because maybe it'll work better. But if we stay true to the vision of who we are, why we do what we do, what we stand for, 
And this vision, I'm telling you, it, it's it's a life of its own. Mm-hmm. And to trust that vision. I like that. I like mm-hmm. that. Well, uh, Glenn Maria, thank you so much for uh, being on the podcast today. Um, let, our, let our audience know how they can get in touch with you if they're interested about learning more about their branding. Yeah, uh, go to our website, which is fourdirectionsbranding.com, and it's uh, the number four, directionsbranding.com. That's the best way to find us. Our contact information is there, and you can find all about, learn all about what we do and how we do it. Awesome. Well, uh, thanks again, guys. We really appreciate you being guests. This has been a blast. Thank you for um, having us. Thank you. Hello, everyone. Wanted to take a quick moment to talk to you about the 12th annual B2B Expo hosted and produced by our name sponsor, Exhibit. It. This year, it is going to be on April 23rd, 2019 from 4 to 8 p.m. That is the main event. Before that, they have round tables from 2 to 3.45 p.m. Now, if you've been to this event, you know the value of it. There is a ton of great networking opportunities. And if you have not been to this event, you really should consider attending. You could RSVP now to save. Additionally, if you're interested in getting involved in sponsoring, they have diamond sponsorships available as well as platinum sponsors so you want to contact them if you're interested in that you could also choose to exhibit and promote your business and get a ton of positive exposure from nearly a thousand people i i bet i would venture that they're going to cross a thousand visitors uh this year i've been to the two previous ones i've had a blast at each one and i've made a boatload of contacts in the community and even got several leads off of them and both years so this is a very good event to go it, it, again it is on april 23rd 2019 at the isleta resort and casino for more information you could go to the b2b website which is b2bxponm.com you could also call 505-828-0574 or toll free 1-877-964-1965 so again you're going to want to attend or be a part of the b2b expo this year's the 12th year they're doing it a great networking event it is the cat miss event of the year here in albuquerque new mexico we will see you there thank you so much for listening to the 505 success podcast the business leaders of new mexico brought to you by exhibit Please join us next week for a new episode with someone else on how they've grown success in their business and how you can do it too.